0: Live, presented by Kaleida Health.
1: Happy Friday, everybody. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker with you. It's the last Friday before week one of the NFL regular season 2023 edition. Dum, 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 dum. Oh,
2: man. Play the Monday Night Football theme, please. Thank you. (laughs) Oh, we're going to pound the hell out of that next week, That is going to be a constant background song going on our entire show. It will be alive and well next week mm. for sure
1: because the bills are as we know playing on monday night in their season opener are we
2: crazy to a, think we're that we're doing a show like it's like a pregame show like a th- from one to three on that monday 12 oh we're on 12 to three I yeah think. we're back to i've, I've, I've noon just been to told three. i've just been told we're on t- noon to three on yeah i gotta
1: figure out um how i'm navigating that because i'll have to get to the stadium early and dial in on zoom
2: um you you're, you're telling me the play-by-play of the Monday Night Football game, Buffalo Jets, is more important than One Bills Drive. One Bills live right now. I didn't say that. I just Insin- said I will be in a different ins- locale to ins- do the show. Insinuating,
1: <laughs> I'll be in a different locale to do the show. I don't like the insinuation that you're. I I don't really have yes, a choice. I, I can't be in two places at once, Steve. Yeah, you're going to be as much remote. as I
2: like to be here. Maddie, Maddie doesn't travel, does she? Maddie, I Well, no, she's got to do Bills maybe? tonight with you. That's right. That's right. I mean, now that I let's think know about where it, we have that's to be, right? <laughs> that's I've got to be on. here. My myself had to be here. All right, that's what I'm talking about right there.
1: <laughs> I don't know if there is another song on the planet that moves Steve Tasker the way this theme song does. No. Is this because it takes you back to being six years old or something, or where watching it? it as a kid in your I was, living room, I was or eight
2: or nine? It came on in like '70, 70, right? '71. I think. '71. Okay, so I was nine. Nothing takes me back. They used to have this little taped in- intro, and it was, like, way back. I mean, this is, well, think about it. How long ago was it? 50 years. 52 years. Yeah. So I'm watching this as a 9-year-old. They had this thing that came on before the song, where it was a tape where, I think I guess it was uh, Rune Arledge or whoever it was with ABC was in the truck. And they would have his voice on saying, okay, how? Uh, 15 seconds there, 15 seconds there, da-da-da-da. And they got the, then they, they'd show you the behind they'd the They'd show the you scenes. the behind-the-scenes, right, yeah, yeah. and go. And it would, like, the song would kick on, and it would give <laughs> you goosebumps, man. <laughs> oh! <laughs> and it was like, it seemed like it was midnight, too. The game came on at midnight for me. I was nine years old. I was like, oh, my God, I came not even stay up. It started well, like what 8, you, se- oh. like 7.30 Central. Yeah, because you're on Central times. You probably get to watch more of the game than the... I wanted to. I want to stay. What I did was I stayed up until halftime, because then Howard would do the highlights. There was no highlights. Yeah, available. that was how you found out what happened across that's the league. It. You had zero access to any other games or information unless you read it in the paper.
1: Yeah, and you know, nine-year-olds. Sports, know. Yeah, you were, you were had, reduced to the box. That's sports. it.
2: You you had no idea who played well or who was doing well until Howard told you at halftime. Yeah, and it was unbelievably cool. Got a full show for
1: you today, which not only includes the weekly OBL Friday fan mailbag, where we'll be answering any and all questions you have on the team, the roster decisions, the season coming up, whatever it is, fire a question at us. Steve and I will do our best to answer that. You can do it uh, at One Bills Live, or you can give us a call at 803-0550, 550 2550 That's the numbers to get on board. So we welcome any and all questions you might have on that, uh, on the football on football at large, the NFL, the bills, the roster, et cetera, et cetera. second hour of the show, we are going to have former Jets safety and current Jets analyst Eric Coleman, as we begin to prepare you for what the bills will be looking at week one. Against the division rival New York Jets. Uh,
2: so I, yeah, I don't know if any of you know out there, <clears throat> the Jets have a new quarterback's name's Aaron Rodgers. And right. it's going to be a big game. And, and there'll be more on that in just
1: a second. Also in the second hour of the show, we will have the Wing King here in studio. One <laughs> Drew Serza, as we know, just across the parking lot, will be this weekend Wing Fest. So uh, we'll have Drew in here to lay out all the particulars that you need to know if you're going or even planning on going. Believe me, uh, the guy will entice you to show up and have your fill of wings. I mean, if by the time you r- come out of there, you'll be rolling, not walking, um, with yeah.
2: all they have to offer yeah. over there at Wing it's Fest. supposed to be, a, I, I've heard, I think it's supposed to be a really nice weather weekend too, right? Oh, my gosh, it's Smoking yeah. hot. Like sunny. 80 tomorrow, 87 on Sunday, yeah, it's going to be toasty. Let's, yeah, Labor Day So Day's the here. cold
1: beverages will be flowing for sure. So uh, we'll catch up with him for all the details on that. Uh, one note to pass along um, concerning the bill. You know what? I'm going to hold on to that one note on the bills. Well, I'm going to jam that in. <laughs> I'm going to jam that in on the no, back. No, 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 no. It's just not. Wait, it's not wait. news. Wait for it. It was. It was an opinion piece, and we'll get to that in a second. Oh my gosh! First up, what I want to do is go around the NFL, and we are and around the NFL. Brought to you by Collider Health, the official healthcare system of the Buffalo Bills and I want to lead off with Aaron Rodgers who sat down with a group of reporters yesterday Jets reporters and someone asked him what is your take on your Jets experience thus far and that fair led enough, into fair enough question. that led into a soliloquy that I don't think anyone anticipated and we all know that Aaron Rodgers is a little left to center, if you know what I mean. He's kind of out there a Yeah, he's bit. his own guy. He's out there a little bit. Yeah. And so here is his direct quote when asked, I mean, it's, how has your experience with there. the Jets gone so far? Uh, you,
2: you might have heard about this already, but hang in there, because Brenny's going to read this. And when he, I, you know, when he read it to me, I was like, what? Yeah. Okay. So here we go. <clears throat> quote. And, and I quote. <laughs> quote.
1: I told a friend. This has felt like waking up inside of a dream, this whole experience. A beautiful dream. So many times you have a great dream and you wake up and you think, I just want to get back into that, but I can't quite get back into the dream. I've woken up inside of that dream and it's been really, really special. There's a lot of times, I've said it before and I'll say it again, where I just look around and say, this is my life now. How cool is this? It happens in the locker room. It happens walking out and it's the fresh air and the sun setting. I'm just thinking, what an awesome day it was because of whatever it was and a conversation I had with Mackay, getting to see Billy Turner and catch up with him, a play that happened that was really fun that we talked about and wanted to happen, a play that happened, or sorry, uh, that was really fun. Uh, Or we're driving to the city, and you hit that spot before you go in the tunnel, and you're looking across to the city going, how cool is my life now? I just try to keep that perspective every day here, and it's been easy. Because one thing has happened almost every single day that just reminds me I'm in the right place. I'm where I'm supposed to be, and I'm really just loving what this opportunity has given me. Every day, I'm thinking, and I won't say it out loud, but I'll sit back with the guys in the room, take a second sometimes, and it's, how cool is this? Quote, Steve, how does that grab you about Aaron, Aaron Rodgers on his experience thus far as a New York Jet? <laughs> the Bills by a
3: billion. <laughs> <laughs> I read this. I heard this quote. By a
2: gazillion points.
3: I
1: heard this quote, and I don't know if there was I, uh, if there were any fibers left in my being. They were completely saturated with the burning desire to literally annihilate this team in Week One, like just <laughs> annihilate them. Um, yeah, I, Aaron Rodgers, I, everything's great. Of course it is. You haven't played a play to snap in the regular season, you ding-dong.
2: Yeah, it, and here's the thing, too. I, I was telling you, this reminded me of years and decades ago uh, when Bobby Bonilla came to the New York Mets and said, hey, I know you're going to try and wipe the smile off my face, but it's just not going to happen. Now Bobby Bonilla is, like, is a punchline. Uh, the difference it's,
1: with that is the guy got paid for 25 years after right.
2: he got <clears throat> released by the team. He's still getting paid. Right, so... That's why he's smiling. Right. And so this this thing with Aaron Rodgers and I I get it. Uh and I told you I was on one of those teams too. You come in, man, you just you cannot wait to get to work. You get you're with a bunch of cool guys, you're 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 young, you're bulletproof, you're in tip-top shape, you're on the cusp of a season. You know you're going to you know you're going to roll, you know? And uh I get it. That's that's where you're supposed to be. Um to have him like like wrap that up and spew that like this Robert Frost kind of Oh my gosh moment, this C. S. Lewis kind of moment where he comes out and pontificates on these deep thoughts. Holy crap. Uh, yeah, bro, don't do that. Uh, I'm I, I get it. I mean, he's in and listen He's in Kumbaya territory. I, he is, and he has led the epic NFL life. He's been to the mountaintop. Four time MVP. Not like not that long ago, deep into his career, he was a two-time yeah, two time MVP. Two years back. ago, back to back. I mean, the guy has done it all, and I, I, I appreciate how much he is appreciating his life. And mm-hmm. let me just say, yeah, you're worth a gazillion dollars.
3: Right.
2: You're still at the top of the of the mountain in the league reputation wise and you're with you're in the biggest market the most thirsty city of all time for a quarterback for a person just like you yeah drink it up drink it up because I hope he gets bloated <laughs> yeah somebody's gonna <laughs> stick a finger down your throat in a minute too you know I mean you're I mean it's you know this it well you know I you don't know you'd think. This, this is exactly the kind of thing that comes back and just slaps you right in the face. But here's the other part. Oh of my it. gosh!
1: Here's the other part of it. If you're if you're reading this and and you're a Green Bay Packers fan, I I don't know how <laughs> you're not annoyed and thinking we we treated you like gold here in Green Bay, and you know yeah we drafted Jordan Love, but what do you expect us to do? Think you're going to play till yeah, you're fifty? That- <clears throat> and so if I'm a Packers fan, I'm like, what the hell? It's not like you had to get... It's like, what, you had to get liberated from Green Bay? I mean, that's what it sounds like. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. if you're a Packers well, fan, I you're reading that, uh, you're like, did you really have it that bad I, here?
2: No, I, that's not the... Yeah, I get that. I get that take if you're a Packers fan. But to me, he's... I don't think Aaron Rodgers owes the Packer fans anything. Well, no, but... I think, and, and I don't think that was a shot at the Packer fans. I don't I think it think, was a shot. I think it's a guy who's been... I, and I think the Packers feel the same way, too. They were in a rut. Aaron and the Packers were in a rut. They were they they got tired of looking at each other. And both, that they all walked away from that. So Aaron can say whatever he wants now. And they can, too. But it, it just rings of liberation. It sounds like oh, he I feels think he does completely feel, liberated. I think he does. And to a large measure, he's got a, Think about it. He's never he's never had a conversation with an owner that owns the team he's playing for, because it was like a board of directors in Green Bay. Right, Day. right. It's, right. Like gro- it's like this group. It's like this community owned thing. It's it's a weird. It's not weird. It's different. Yeah. So you go to New York, and it's like there ain't no. Com- it's it's the, the guys there waiting it's the, to shake your hand yeah, coming off the plane. It's like all of you on a boat. There's. It's not like a community raft. You know, you're a, you are on a boat, and it's only the people on the boat. It's not the people on the shore. It's not a, it's yeah. not the crowd. It is you guys. It is the people in the building that are in it together. You don't. The people in the stands who are watching they don't own you anymore. In New York, it's it's the guys in the organization. It's a little different yeah. feel. And in New York, it's got to be light years removed from what it's like in Green Bay. They're both quality franchises, but you've got to know that it's a completely different atmosphere. You got like 50, 50 reporters every day in that building. And, and Green Bay, you had like three. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, it's, it's got to be absolutely, completely different. I've, and you've seen the floral yeah. par, Florham Park place out in Jersey yeah. where the Jets practice. It's nice. Brand spanking new. It's spectacular. I mean, it's different. It's yeah. set up different than a lot of places. But and it's, we know it's, that
1: Aaron loves attention, and he's getting that tenfold in New York, as you know. So, yeah, I mean, that's he has correct. been the off-season headline for the entire league for the better it's, part of the last three and a half months.
2: Well, he's well. Let's not let's face it. He wasn't. He was always the center of attention in Green Bay, too. Yes, but the but attention, it's on a grand scale, the attention man. is like the difference between a community a, theater, a and la- It's a difference between <laughs> a laser pointer and floodlights. Yeah, you know. That's that's the difference. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's in a wow. What a what an atmosphere that's got to be over there for him, and what a difference. Well, and and he said, I'm it. glad he's I'm, so
1: happy and comfortable. I I
2: look forward to the Bills' defensive I'm, front making him I'm supremely you, uncomfortable. You, you, on you read Monday that, night. and we're Bills guys. You read that as a Bills guy, and it's like just get get that. Guy get to the game get him <laughs> right i just i kind of read it and chuckled oh I man like, i want to see bruce, serious i want to see bruce smith clothesline that guy like so bad right yeah. now i want to uh, see him do that rip spin yeah other
1: uh, afc east news we know that New England fans were up in arms after they watched Bailey Zappi and Malik Cunningham, the backup quarterbacks to Mac Jones, both get cut off the 53-man roster. The two were subsequently signed to the team's practice squad after they went unclaimed. And yesterday, the Patriots made another quarterback move. They claimed quarterback Matt Corral off waivers to back up Mac Jones. Corral a third round pick, if I remember right, of the Carolina Panthers, but then and that was just last year. But this year they had the number one pick in the draft and they took Bryce Young. So no future for Matt Corral in Carolina. So they released him and he was picked up on waivers by the Patriots. <clears throat> Not a bad pickup as no as far as I see it. No, he's got
2: he, no he's I got think some he's, skills. he's probably got physically, he's probably better than Zappy. Yeah. Uh, or the other guy might,
1: might be a better physical talent than Mac Jones too. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, now that you mentioned, and I think what it says really is, I mean Bailey Zappi and well, both of them went unclaimed. Unclaimed.
1: Yeah, so nobody's too impressed with those two guys.
2: Unclaimed. Yeah, quarterbacks out of mm-hmm. the, out of the, <laughs> both of them. And so I get it. we'll see. I'm, I mean, hopefully. Bailey Zappi played better last year than he did this year. In the this year, Bailey Zappi has not looked great. Oh, in the preseason, from, from what I understand. Yeah. Um, remember that because it started, Bailey Zappi was like, like just like they were thinking. Well, I don't know, Zappi might be better than than Mac. Dah, dah, dah. It was not even close, I guess, in training camp. Yeah. And so, and it was evident. So there you go. I, but that's what, what's going on over there, man.
1: Yeah. they're – I think they're still trying to figure it out. Uh, Other news concerns the Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs. As we know, defensive tackle Chris Jones continues his holdout. The Chiefs the other day put him on the did-not-report list so he wouldn't count towards a roster spot. Travis Kelsey, their all-pro tight end, has a podcast with his brother Jason Kelsey, center for the Philadelphia Eagles, and there was a little bit of a back and forth between Jason and Travis on the subject of Chris Jones. So Jason Kelsey asks Travis Kelsey on the podcast, is there any, are any updates on Chris Jones? How's he handling this situation? Do you want to talk about it? And Travis says, ah, oh, man, can you please come back? You're really scaring me, man. This is him like talking out loud to Chris Jones. I don't get it. You must know something that I don't know because I just don't get it. I really want to get another Super Bowl ring with you, brother. This is me bargaining you to just come back and play football for the Chiefs. Please, we need you. We need you bad, and I don't know what the situation is. So then Jason Kelsey chimes back in and says, Well, I think the situation is you guys aren't paying him enough, and I think we should <laughs> hold off as long as possible, especially past when do we play, week 10? <laughs> week 10. <10." laughs> <laughs> so Travis is like, Jason, and then – He swears at him. I'm trying to get him back in the office. Jason says, don't let them do this to you, Chris. You need to hold strong, my man, for all the other D tackles in the NFL. You cannot take this injustice. You must stay away. (laughs) It's just this back and forth thing between Travis and Jason Kelsey all over Chris Jones. Um, But I just thought it was funny how much Travis was like literally begging on the podcast he finished with he's the best defensive player in the league right now he's deserving of all the money in the world chris i love you please come back now yeah (laughs) i mean it's like they're gripping a little bit i I think think that
2: changes a lot of things for them they they went with a lot of young guys in their secondary last year chris jones takes the pressure off those guys because he's got a consistent pass rush if he's not there that's taking the cream off the top so it's not the same it's not the same mix um I mean, he is the difference maker on that side of the ball he's, for them. He's the only difference maker. Now they had that that young middle linebacker last year, and I Bolton can't, Nick, Bolton was yeah, very Nick good. Bolton. But Chris Jones was the guy, yeah, the guy. And to take him off of that, a team that you know, they I mean, they they don't pour much into their defense. They kind of you know, we're going to outscore you. Here we go. But man, oh man, it sure I think it really narrows their margin of error. Even on the offensive side of the ball during these games, when they get in, if there's a a ten point game or a seven point game, it turns into a three point or a five point game. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because he just makes that big of a difference over the course of four quarters from where he's at. I'm. Yeah, I, I agree. That it hurts the Chiefs. I think, no question.
1: I mean, they have some pass rushers, but up the middle, man, it's it's not too good. Here are your. Here are your defense here's your defensive tackle depth chart for the Kansas City Chiefs without Chris Jones. Are you ready? Derek Notty, who's you know, been a starter for them, kind of mm-hmm. a role player, mm-hmm. Tershawn Wharton, Keandre Coburn, their sixth round pick this year, rookie, Neil Farrell. That's it. Yeah. I mean, that's just I'm sorry. It's a bunch of guys. It's a bunch of guys.
2: Chris Jones is
1: now they have a little more talent on the edges. You know, Mike Dan is a good player. George Karloftis, their former first round pick last year. And then they drafted another pass rusher, Felix on a DK Uzoma. So, I mean, they have some people on the edges, but in the middle there, you really need Chris Jones. I don't know how they're going to square this. It's going to be very interesting to see what they do, because as we talked about the other day, Steve, they don't really buckle when somebody wants top of the market money. They shipped off Tyreek Hill in a Tyreek heartbeat. Tyreek Hill.
2: In a heartbeat. And I'll say this, too. You can say what you want. You ship off Tyreek Hill and you get better? You, you lead the league in scoring, win the Super Bowl? Yeah, that doesn't
1: happen every year, though. That's, and That's a really law, hard. There is a law of diminishing returns, though. You can only take that so far. I get it.
2: Yeah. And Pat and Mahomes is still, I mean, they've been the, the five equalizer. straight AFC championship games. I mean, good grief. Mahomes has been to all those playoff games. He has yet to play one in his own outside of his own building. He's never played a playoff game outside his own building. You want to talk about a team that's got it going on? The Chiefs are it. I mean, everybody's chasing those guys. Down ten
1: at halftime in the Super Bowl, and then just yeah, win. see you later. Just yeah. win. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm paying close attention to that because I think that could be a difference maker for them and make it a lot harder for their offense to outscore teams.
2: Yeah, that, and that's the key. It's you know they're gonna you. you Teams do have some success offensively anyway against them, but this narrows that gap. You know, you because you think about it. For those of you who don't think about it, every every a little bit more success a, an opponent's offense has means there's less time for Mahomes to have the success he needs, and you know you can't, you know. It, you take away those opportunities and expand the other teams opportunities without sooner or later getting tougher and tougher to win games. So we'll, we'll see. Now certainly the Chiefs margin of error has been as wide as the Mississippi. But it's you know, you got to think some point yeah. people are going to try and catch up to them. Over in the NFC, Mike Evans, who has put up
1: 1,000 yards receiving in each of his first nine years in the league, is looking for a new contract from the Tampa Bay Bucks, and nothing has come down the pike by way of an offer from GM Jason Licht Or Jason Light, sorry. Um, Evans' agent said he's going to cut off any contract talks effective a week from tomorrow, Saturday, September 9th, A day before the season starts, Evans is entering the final year of his current contract, and, you know, the agent's claiming, look, he came to camp even though he's wanted a new contract all offseason and didn't get it. You see these other teams taking care of their key players with new contracts. We haven't even gotten an offer from Tampa. What's going on? And right now it's crickets. So we'll have to see if things can Dramatically change in a week, but I'm not betting on it. No. I am not betting
3: on it. It
2: almost seems as though Tampa Bay is going to just let it play out and just let him become a free agent.
1: He also has a lengthy history of hamstring injuries. He always misses, like, two or three games a year, sometimes four or five, depending on the severity of the injury. Um. And as you get into year 9, 10, and 11, I wonder if they're waiting to see if those crop up more often.
2: Or they may just be saying, listen, if a guy that will give us 17 games instead of 13 or 14 games, they're coming out of the draft a lot. This next year is going to be a deep draft. We'll just get one. Yeah, I, they might just ride it out. Or we'll just get a guy off this out of the free agent market. I mean, they probably have a handle on who's going to be a free agent this next coming year, and they're going to go out and get one, and, and – they won't have to guarantee him this guy, whatever whoever it is, thirty five or forty million dollars over the course of a five year mm-hmm. deal, that kind of thing. So we are just we're going to play the long game here, you know.
1: Yeah, I I'm not anticipating the Bucks stepping up and heaping giant money.
2: And I'll my say Devins, this too: you know what else? His numbers are probably going to take. A hit. Here's what I was going to say. Is get, pa- Baker Mayfield's going to be throwing it to him. So I, or Kyle Trask, I, I'm going to I'm going to sit back and I'm going to take the management side here for their strategy. They they may not be right or wrong, but I I think they're doing the right thing. They can probably – they're probably saying to
1: themselves, his numbers probably aren't going to be what they've been the first nine years with these two quarterbacks, and we can get him at a lesser value at the end of this season if he puts up 750 yards and five touchdowns than he would if he puts up his typical 1,200 yards and eight or nine touchdowns.
2: And we won't have to pay him as much, yeah, so let's Nick, just
1: sit tight and wait.
2: Yeah, Nick. Yeah. Um, they just put it back on the player and say, listen, show it, prove it to us. And I, I don't even think they have to do it even then. I mean, 10 years is a long time for a, for yeah, a guy. Yeah, they may just move on and try to get younger. Just move on and get younger. Um Particularly if they go out and they throw up a 5-12 and 12 season, mm-hmm. and they can do it under the guise of, hey, we're rebuilding, and you're going to be too expensive. Do you know,
1: Steve – who the new quarterbacks coach for Russell Wilson is this year on Sean Payton's coaching staff?
2: Oh, I, I did for a minute. I don't can't remember now. It's like... Uh, there is a Bills tie-in here. Is it the old... <coughs> I'm not even going to try. Who is it? It is Davis Webb, Steve. Really? So the former I third string
1: that. slash practice squad quarterback here for a couple of years, pretty yeah, much from like 2019 right. to 2021. That's right. Then was a third stringer or a second stringer with the Giants last year under Dayball finally called it a career as far as playing is concerned and he is the quarterbacks coach for Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos under Sean Payton and I am very interested to seeing how much he can help Wilson kind of reclaim his status as an upper echelon quarterback in this league after a horrible
2: 2022 season the quarterback coach and I'll give you an – I've said this before, but an insight as to what the quarterback coach does. The quarterback coach – and think about what that means. He's the guy that tells the offensive coordinator what the quarterback really thinks about what's going on day-to-day basis. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't like this play, I don't like this play, I don't like that play. I used to get this from Frank Reich all the time. He was the quarterback coach in Indy for Peyton and Tony Dungy and Tom Moore and Howard Mudd and that crew over there in Indianapolis. And Frank goes, unless, unless uh, he knew, he that was all he did was facilitate the relationship between Tom Moore and Peyton. And he would he would tell Peyton how it really was and what they were talking about and, and vice versa. So that's what quarterback coach does. Think about the relationship between Sean Peyton and Russ Wilson and where it went from last year with Nathaniel Hackett and how – Warped, it was reportedly.
1: Yeah, and but Davis Webb is a very young coach, to right?
2: Does that buffer? <laughs> but he has been in the a room. Challenge. He has been in the room. He knows what it's like to Daniel yeah. Jones and and Brian Dayball and all those guys. He knows what it's like to be in the room. Yes, and he knows that's the role but that Peyton's he has. a Very demanding guy, right? So that, I
1: and think that'll be an interesting challenge. So Davis
2: Webb's going to have to go to Russ and say, Russ. <laughs> coach say you got to pick it up <laughs> so <laughs> I suggest you do right well yeah. yeah it's it's a it's a relationship that's a lot has been made of over this off season about how russ wilson who now does not have his own office on another floor right, right? uh and because very famously sean payton was told hey i you know russ wilson has a you know, office out of his own. Like, yeah, what do you think of that? And and he says, I'm not familiar with that kind of thing. We, we, we're not doing We're that. not doing <laughs> that. <laughs> You've got to be the guy between, you know, that. Yeah. That's tough for a first-year young coach. Yeah, I'm very interested to wow. see how that relationship and those
1: dynamics progress
2: because I'll through say the this, course of this season. Both those guys have had a lot of success. Both have won a Super Bowl. Yeah. One is a starting quarterback and then went to one and lost it, then – Sean Payton took the New Orleans Saints to a Super Bowl and won it. So there's some there's some belief mm-hmm. in that, in both of those camps. you got to go between them. That's that's a tough job. Yeah.
1: I, I'm going to be keeping a, an eye on Davis Webb. I wish him the best out there, obviously. I know he's always wanted to I, get into coaching, but he wanted to play a little bit longer and hang around as a player a little bit. And but I,
2: I've met both those guys. I've met Sean Payton, I've met Russ Wilson, yeah. and I've, you know, I've done production meetings with the two of them. Um Russ was one of those guys that was like a coach. He he was always on the speaking platitudes and kind of that mm-hmm. Sean Payton was none of that. Yeah. He was like unfiltered no, no no here's how it is unfiltered and i mean it, it was like oh my god what, what did he just say oh my he's gonna what you gonna what you're gonna say <laughs> a surprise kick on the outside what the whole thing he like is unfiltered yeah and brutally honest mm-hmm. and but and russ is everything but that yeah and there's poor davis webb i man i feel for the guy <laughs> I went
1: from a exciting new opportunity. Ooh, I feel for him.
2: That's a yeah. It's going to be a tough road to hoe for sure, man. He's going to earn his coaching stripes
1: real (laughs) fast (laughs) out there in Denver. All right, we got to take a break here, but we are going to get to your phone calls when we return. 803-0550, 1-888-550-2550, 803 550 550 2550 the number to get on board. Open lines for you there. It's the OBL Friday fan mailbag. Any question on the Bills, the roster, the league at large, fire away. Steve and I are here to answer those when we return. Here on One Bills Live, presented by Collider Health, it's Buffalo Bills Radio.
0: Live presented by Kaleida Health.
1: All right, making our way through a Friday here. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker with you, and we want to get right to the phones here on this OBL Fan Friday mailbag. Hour number two, we'll be talking with Jets analyst, former Jets safety Eric Coleman, for an early look at the week one matchup on Monday Night Football Bills Jets. And we'll also have the Wing King in here, Drew Serza, in the studio to uh, give us all the particulars we need to know for this weekend's Wing Fest here at Highmark Stadium. But to the phones we go at 803-0550, 1-888-550-2550. Open line for you there if you want to jump on board with any question you might have on the Bills or the league at large. And we begin with Ginny in Penfield. What do you got for us, Ginny?
3: Hey, I don't know if I'm barking up the wrong tree, but here it is. What is the solution for the Bills fans if the Spectrum ESPN issue is not resolved? It's Rodgers and Allen. It's Monday Night Football on ESPN. Is it not? So I'll on TV. Hang yeah, up. Yeah. Take care, guys.
1: Yeah, thanks, Jenny. Awesome. It's, yeah, it's a good point. It's an interesting question. I think locally in <clears throat> Buffalo, that game has to air on an over-the-air network. It'll be on ABC. So it'll be on ABC locally here in Buffalo. I don't know if that holds for Rochester, though so they right. they might have a stickier situation there. Yeah, you
2: you so in in short you probably are barking up the wrong tree cuz we don't know. But it is going to it'll be over the airwaves here in Buffalo.
1: Yeah, and for those that don't know, there there is a negotiation that is going on between Disney-owned ESPN and Spectrum, the local cable provider in Western New York and Basically, ESPN pulled their programming effective last night at 8 p.m. So if you are a Spectrum customer, you don't have ESPN, ESPN2, or ESPN News, or any of those at all right now right? because,
2: you know, they're arguing over carrier fees and the like. And if you don't – if it doesn't look like it's going to be renewed or you don't believe it's going to, the only thing would be just go real quick and get TV. Or something like that. Another another carrier. Yeah. So that
1: yeah, you can get an antenna, I guess, and try to pull it in that way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Direct is an
2: option. Um, uh, I guess what is it called? FiOS. FiOS. Yeah. Uh, so you could try another carrier. Yeah, it's gonna be very interesting to see how whatever, that plays yeah, in the next week here. It's real. <laughs> so yeah, and, and we were. <laughs> so we're. Obviously, for some, we had the TV. We have TVs in our office. We have yeah. sports and football, and the NFL Trying network to stay and stuff, up to date uh, on all the time. And today, all we got was like
1: this the, channel is not on the air on, right not now. On the
2: ESPN and all their affiliates were not on the air today, uh, so we had, you know we had to do something different. So that's right. Let's go
1: back to the phones and to Alan in Buffalo. What do you got for us, Alan?
2: Yeah, I just had a quick question. I watched the uh, teams on. Uh, At the news, and they're all wearing these white helmets on top of their heads, which I guess saves for uh, concussions. Why don't they wear? If it works that well, why don't they use them during the game? Good point. Uh, I'll say one thing. One is because they're a little heavy, uh, and two is they wear those even in practices where they're not having contact as well. So they they do it just as a total precaution. And and you're right. If if it works. In practice, why not do it in a game? That's a good question. They did, if I remember
1: right, they did expand the use of those, right, to basically anybody that lines up on the line of scrimmage in between in the tackle box, and then I think linebackers were added as you've got to wear these and tight ends and running backs and tight ends and tight ends.
2: Yeah. So anybody whoever any on anybody on offense whoever puts their hand on the ground had to wear it, like running backs tight ends and linemen and then on the defensive side it's anybody in that front seven yeah so um yeah they've expanded the use of it they've seen numbers in practice in practice they've they've seen the numbers that make it better you've got you've got players nowadays completely different than Mm -hmm. back when i played guys would have the same helmet they didn't want anybody touching their helmet year to year to year to year to year year, until finally the league says hey you got to." So guys, were, they, now they were saying, and guys put up a fight. saying, said, no, that's my helmet. I, and it was, like, compromise They didn't care. So you had to protect the players from themselves. But now guys are, like, going, give me the best helmet. Give me the best, helmet, yeah. and give me the year, best numbers. And they, they change them out every single year. Yeah,
1: each year there is new technology that's brought to the league. And if there is proven evidence that they reduce impact forces and all of that stuff, that they will make them – options for the players to choose because there's probably right. like three or four different options at the cutting edge of technology in terms of reducing blunt force impact risk of concussion they know they, they come to the ta- they come to the league and they say look this is our helmet technology we've proven through impact studies that it reduces the risk of concussion by
2: 23 percent oh yeah, let's talk. We want to use that, right? And they also know, they know which guys got concussions, when they got them, how, what play they were playing on when they got it, what kind of helmet that player had on, and what kind of helmet the other guy had on. Yeah, they track all of it. They track all of it. So they 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 know, you know, their antenna is up on that. Yeah, they know minuscule details about what they can do, and that's and this year's kickoff rules are a reaction to the data that they've been finally you know given.
1: Or, or accumulated over the years. That which they've shows that
2: the kick return
1: play it's has still... a higher degree of concussions than any other play in the game. Right.
2: So they felt like they had needed to do something um, and it's it's a slippery slope there's no question about it because but, you know, you got to if you if you take that play out or change it and make it, quote, finger quotes, normal play with the normal risk, then they'll say, well, what's the next most dangerous? And then all of a sudden you're down a slope and you never. The padding that you're talking
1: about I don't really think would ever fly on a game day because now you're covering up the helmets, there's branding involved and all of that stuff. I think they believe they can get to a place where the helmets are so safe that the padding eventually, I think we're all hoping this, won't be needed uh, to serve as an extra layer of protection in the practice setting let alone the game set. Yeah. But it's a valid question, absolutely. Um, I, I don't know that we just have a very good answer outside
2: of branding. Yeah, the, the problem kind of is thing. this, too. You look at a guy like Tua tonga in Miami. The the concussions we've seen him sustain have all been against the ground. So it's not like a helmet hitting a helmet. Yeah, a helmet on the ground. It's a helmet on the ground. And and he got that new helmet. He's wearing a new helmet this
1: year, which prevents concussions due to extra protection in the back of the helmet, because his team and he on film could blatantly see, well, I got all three of my concussions, four really, uh, by blunt force to the back of my head. And so they found the best helmet on the market available that protects collisions from the back. And so they're
2: hoping, obviously, that it prevents some of those from happening for him going forward but you're right if uh, i don't think they want to do something that drastic to make some helmets look different than others i don't think they want to put everybody in a helmet like that so i think it's a little bit of a uniform thing and some and for and for our purposes here that seems irrelevant if it's safer you need to do it and make it work should i get that uh i think they just move they're moving slow on this issue
1: yeah uh quickly we go to alex in rochester before we get to the next break here
4: uh what do you got for us alex you're on one bills live Hey, guys. How you doing on this Friday? Good. Good. Hey, uh, just wanted to talk about the backup uh, quarterback situation here. Um, I don't know if this has been tossed around at all by anybody. I've seen it on Twitter a couple times here and there. Um, I, do you guys ever see a possibility where they could possibly take a look maybe at Chad Kelly? Um, I've seen, I don't know if you guys have noticed here in the last, couple weeks he's really been crushing it it looks like in cfl i mean he's averaging about almost 300 yards a game um he's running very well and i i just feel like with the backup quarterbacks that we have now um i just don't see a path to where allen kyle allen that is or barkley can kind of match that upside and i feel like if we get him in the right system with josh and with mcdermott who um, you know, wouldn't wouldn't put up with a lot of the BS outside um with with maybe some of the behavioral issues if he could kind of flourish. I think it'd be a good story. Um, you know, you've seen guys like Doug Flutie who have gone to the CFL um and have come back and done really well. And, you know, he's still young enough, he's not even thirty yet, to where I think we could, you know, not saying that we have to sign him obviously. You know, we could take a flyer on him and see what happens. And I, I feel like he's doing really well, and it's, it's kind of where he was back when he was at Ole Miss, and even at St. Joe's, going back to high school. Um, do you guys think that's a possibility, or something they could maybe take a look at at some point?
5: Maybe? Yeah, uh,
1: we, we all right. So hang on to that thought, Alex. It's a, it's a valid question. We'll address it. We do. We are up against the break, though, so we have to step aside here. But we will answer that. When we come back, DJ in Connecticut, Todd and Amherst, Dave and Clarence, hang tight. We'll get to you when we return here on One Bills Live. Presented by Collider Health, it's Buffalo Bills Radio. The Buffalo Bills London Raffle is now live. Tickets can be purchased at BillsFoundation.org for a trip for two to London from now until September 8th. This will benefit the Buffalo Bills Foundation. The travel package is provided by On Location and includes airfare, hotel, game tickets, and other amazing experiences. Visit BillsFoundation.org to purchase your chance to win. Okay, to answer Uh, The question from our last caller concerning Chad Kelly as a backup quarterback option for the Bills. First of all, he is a player under contract with the CFL's Serrano Argonauts, and yesterday they just signed him to a three-year extension worth $1.68 million, which includes some bonus monies in there. Now, So he's
2: done for three years?
1: No, because there is a December to February window in which CFL players can sign NFL contracts and join an NFL team. But as Alex in Rochester suggested, oh, just take a flyer on him. A flyer is not going to pull him down from Canada because he's making good money up there now. You would have to give him something with a signing bonus and other stuff just to get him to consider the deal down here knowing he's making top-of-the-market money in the CFL. So I think for someone to to make that kind of investment, I don't know that I see it in the cards necessarily for him. Um, I wouldn't rule it out, but... To join in December, it's an investment for the following season. There's no way a quarterback's going to parachute in and have a working knowledge of an offense for a playoff right. run. Do you know what I mean? Like, right. I, the, I don't think it, the timing lines up properly for a team that's gunning for a championship. Um,
2: yes. And, and don't forget that you know, Chad's had a runaround with the Denver Broncos, and he's also been with the Colts for a minute. Um, so all of those, you know, and it didn't end well in Denver where, by the way, he was a teammate of Vaughn Miller's. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of things that Chad carries around with him that prevent him from getting the opportunities that his, his abilities would think you'd think he deserved. So um, he, he's got to be really feeling good about himself in Toronto. In fact, I was thinking, I was texting his uncle, Jim, uh, we were thinking about going to the Toronto TICAT game in on Labor Day this Monday. Mm. Uh, t- it's a three thirty kick. We're not on the air Monday, yeah. And uh, we we're going to go up and see Chad play against the TICATs. My son does the radio analyst job for the TICATs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. So we were going to go out, and I love going up there. It's a fun day to go up and, and spend a day watching the TICATs play whoever it is. And this in this case, it's Labor Day Classic. Big-time tradition, big-time rivalry, the Hamlin Tiger Cats against the Tarago Argonauts, all that stuff. We're going to go up and watch Chad play. Uh, I don't know if it's going to happen or not, but he's got to be in a spot where, for the first time in his career, feels like, man, oh, man, this is my You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, this is my game. If team, I'm, I if I'm Chad,
2: it. I don't take it. A flyer. Yeah. Just to come down and give you it a shot for a few there. months. You're one of the highest-paid I mean,
1: players in that league. Yeah, now. exactly.
2: Um, so I'm – yeah, he's an he's always been a really intriguing prospect because he does a couple of things. One, he's got some talent. Two, he works at it. Yeah, for all the other stuff that has happened to Chad, he works at it. Um, but he has trouble, man, having sustained his success. You know, su- success is his worst buddy because it kind of derails him. Seems like, so I don't know. Um, but he's. He's at, you're right. He's crushing it up there. Yeah. He's in a good spot. He's now. crushing it up there. And I, I if I'm Ch- Chad, I don't, I don't bail on that ship for anything. Yeah. Let's
1: go to DJ in Connecticut next. What do you got for us, DJ?
3: Uh, hi guys. Thanks for choosing my call. Sure. Uh, I always appreciate the programming. I always learn a lot. Loved uh, the discussion a couple days ago. And he was talking about the changes in kickoff rules and what might happen. That was very illuminating. I got three questions just about practice. Um, Number one, how do the Bills defense practice what they want?
1: Well, they have cards with certain numbers of plays and looks that they want to get from the scout team. So, for example, this week, preparing for the Jets, defensive coordinator, who is now Sean McDermott, will have a set number of plays on a card that he wants in terms of looks from the scout team for his defensive unit to prepare for for the game coming up against the Jets. So it's all scripted. Much like games are scripted and you have certain game plans and plays that you think are going to work best against the opponent, you have a script for practice as well, and it kind of works the same way, in a manner of speaking.
3: I see. So the scout team is only the offense? The scout team is
1: usually backups and reserve players right. or players it's, on your practice squad who
2: line up and give your starting defense a look Okay. It's offensive players who are the backup offensive players who will go over and run the offense of the New York Jets against the Bills defense on behalf of the Bills defense to get ready. Same thing. Okay. The, the backup defensive okay. players do the exact same thing against the Bills number one offense. So that's how that works. Okay.
3: And then um, on the uh, they run what something between sixty and seventy on average offensive plays a game. Mm-hmm. Um, how many of those will they run that, will they practice that week before? Will they get every single one or will there just be, the, of the 60 and 70, there's basically four, 40 to 50, and they're just, the others are variations?
2: They'll run, uh, they'll run probably the top three dozen for sure that they like that, in they that like. week. And then as they get into each of those plays, the players are required to know, like, if we run this play number 23, let's say, and it will they don't call it play number 23, but they haven't. Right. When we run this, if they do this, then we're going to do that. So,
1: so they'll they, run a variation. They'll,
2: they'll run a variation of the same play. The play will be called the same in the huddle, but there will be adjustments off of that play on the fly or pre-snap that will either switch it to a different play or... It will switch two guys on that play into different responsibilities, and everybody else just does the same thing. That kind of thing, depending on what the defense does. But they'll run at least three dozen of the plays that they expect to run against the other team. Now, you know, so and that's a little different than it used to be. But I think that's I think that's what they do. What's your third question, DJ?
3: Third question is um, when um, when you say they're in pads. Does that mean they're hitting, and then during the season, how many of those practices are they allowed? Once a week.
2: Yeah, 16. One one practice a week they can get in pads, and most teams, even though they're in pads, it's all technique work. They don't take anybody to the ground. They're not taking anybody to the ground deliberately. It's thud, which means you make contact and you ease off you're not yeah. taking anybody to the ground. So if you're going to come up and tackle a guy in thud, you come up with your pads and you go and you and you put a you, you wrap him, you put a hit on him, but not a full speed hit and you let up. You you just you pull a punch is basically what it is. Yeah. That's what you do. And you only get
1: 16 padded practices in the regular season. So and typically by the time you get to week 14, 15, 16, 17 and 18 now, you're not in pads at all because guys' bodies are hanging. by that point in the season and
2: most coaching staffs back off on that um it's not it's about it's what colleges do too so players come up through the ranks learning how to go at a practice tempo even at the NFL tempo because they just they just don't take people to the ground now back in the day used to be it was much more physically demanding than it is now but because of you know injuries and the way things are now and the and the Sports science end of football and in every sport,
1: yeah, load management, load stuff.
2: management stuff. They feel like, and rightfully so, because they got numbers to back it up, that you play at a higher level on Sunday when you feel better physically and you're healthier. And I I know that seems that seems commonsensical, but it used to be the thought that you need to practice hard and tackle and do all that stuff so you can be ready for the game. And so you can, you know, it won't be such an adjustment. Most, what they've found is players can turn it, you can turn it on on game day. When you're competing and you're trying to win, the top comes off anyway. The intensity goes through the roof anyway. So they're going to take guys to the ground and they're going to hit hard and they're going to go that extra uh, above thud. So they never really needed to teach guys that. Now you'll, yeah, and the game's evolved from there. It's different because of it, and some people say to its detriment. But it, everybody wants to watch it. Yeah,
1: old school guys will say tackling isn't what it used to be. It's not as consistent, and it's not. It's due in part to the fact that they do not have padded practices nearly as much as they used to. Break time for us. When we come back. It's time to take a look at the Bills' Week 1 opponent, and we'll do that with former Jets safety and current Jets analyst Eric Coleman, who will join us when we return. Here on One Bills Live, presented by Collider Health, it's Buffalo Bills Radio.
2: Bill's Live presented by Kallida Health. All right, all set
1: on a Friday for hour number 2. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker with you and glad to have with us at this time former Jet Safety and current on-air host on this very MSG Network, host of The Better Half Hour. It actually airs on MSG Networks right after our show here on One Bill's Live. It is Eric Coleman joining us on the line and He's north of the border right now, Steve. Up in Toronto. He's up in
2: Toronto. We were just talking about we were just talking about the Argos, yeah, for a minute. So good to see. It. Thanks for hey, thanks for coming on, Eric.
0: Oh, thanks for having me. And I just passed their stadium coming down here. It's beautiful. Down, it's beautiful in Toronto.
1: Yeah, great yeah. weather. Uh, supposed to be a warm weekend too. So uh, everybody's enjoying the Labor Day weekend for sure. Uh, and then right on the horizon is this gigantic Week One matchup, divisional matchup. I mean, talk about a measuring stick game uh, for the Jets right out of the gate playing the three-time division champion Bills. And I don't have to tell you that the hype train is moving at a lightning speed in New York uh, in the metropolitan area based on the acquisition of Aaron Rodgers more than anything else. Um, can you just, for for Bills fans just to get a grasp of this having grown up in the new york metropolitan area i know this but when when new york fans feel they have something good in a team that they are rooting for can you just explain <laughs> where not only the hype but the fan backing at the stadium for a game of this magnitude where it goes um in terms of what the atmosphere is going to be like down there on Monday night, nine 11, no less.
0: Yeah, it's, I mean, when, when New York has a team where they think that's a winner, uh, they are, they are extremists. they're, they're extremists. They're behind their teams uh, to the, you know, to the 10th power. Um, I've been getting calls about this, New York, the jets, Buffalo games, probably for three weeks. Every people are texting me every day, Oh, are you going to the game? Are you going to be there? Uh, I'm, I'm going, I got tickets The ticket sales. I think the game is probably already sold out. Uh, so the, the hype is there. Everyone's really excited about the New York Jets this season. You know, we haven't been to the playoffs in, you know, over 10 years. So it's been a long time since we have someone, uh, so, since we can go into a season looking forward to a playoff scenario. And
2: this team, it, it's it was timed perfectly because the Jets last year felt like if they could have gotten more regular or competent quarterback play, they certainly would have been able to win a ton more games. They gave the Bills who were the division chance for the third third year in a row. They gave the Bills all the Bills could handle, even with, you know, with Zach Wilson playing quarterback and and the rest. Is it gonna be, in your opinion, is it gonna be just that easy for Aaron Rodgers to plug in and for this team to take off right where it left
0: off last year? You know, I think that's that's asking a lot, you know, but uh, when you look at the team last year, when you look at the New York Jets and their offense, uh, I believe they threw 15 touchdowns the entire season. Um, Aaron Rodgers had an off year; he threw over 20 touchdowns, and that was a year where everyone said that he was taking a dive. Uh, so, if they can get just that production out of Aaron Rodgers, then you're looking at a productive team. Uh, the defense, the defensive line, is is really runs the show for this defense. Uh, they get a great amount of pressure. They're going to keep the score down low. They just need a quarterback. They needed Aaron Rodgers to put up points to lead the offense to take care of the football. And and I think they have a chance, but uh to to put them up with Buffalo, to put them up with uh, you know, Kansas City, the top teams in the AFC. I think that's a that's a tall ask right now, where they where they stand.
1: All right. So from what we're hearing, Eric, it's it's not looking good for Carl Lawson for week one. I guess he's got a back injury, so he's very iffy. But It's not like they're devoid of pass rush depth. I mean, you got two first-round picks each of the last two years sitting right behind Carl Lawson at the left defensive end spot and Jermaine Johnson and Will McDonald. What kind of preseasons have those two players had knowing there's a very good chance they're going to see a lot of action week one Monday night?
0: Yeah, Will, Mac- Will McDonald and Jermaine Johnson have had incredible preseasons. Uh, they've shown their their athleticism. Jermaine Johnson is a little bigger, stronger, but he can bend. He can get around the corner, uh, very flexible. But Will McDonald is just a, a supreme athlete. I mean, this kid does a lot of. He does, you know, he can do kicks. He can kick over people. He can jump over guys. Uh, just a just a great athlete. I think that it's going to be a, a very positive season for for him.
1: Oh, we lost him. No, oh, we lost Eric. All right, well, we'll try to reconnect with him uh, and continue our conversation. Yeah, because it's not looking good for Carl Lawson, who already missed a whole season in 2022 and was working his way back and now is dealing with a back injury. But they're not not light on weapons. I mean, Jermaine Johnson, first-round pick, one of the Mm -hmm. three first-round picks they had in 2022. And then Will McDonald, who is a player that the Bills like, too, out of Iowa State. Right. They take him in the first round this year. So back-to-back years with first-round pass rush picks, not to mention the fact that, you know, oh, by the way, they've got Quinnin Williams and John Franklin Myers uh, in the starting unit. And even their fourth-round pick last year, Michael Clemens, big-bodied guy mm-hmm. and had a nice uh, rookie season as a role player. He's going to roll in because the Jets, much like the Bills, they roll eight, nine guys in a game uh, on their defensive front there. So that's why I was trying to feel Eric out – on that, And the other thing is, my first question concerning the atmosphere and what that's going to be like, the Bills are going to experience a MetLife Stadium atmosphere that they have not experienced before. Has it gotten loud there when the Bills have played? Yes. But in this atmosphere, prime time with the hype that this team is coming into the 2023 season with, when New York fans feel they have a team that can go places, it reaches a crescendo that I don't right. know that the Bills have experienced. Eric, down Eric there now is
2: back with us. We just lost internet for just a second there. Eric, thanks for sticking with us. We, we you were we were talking about you know the weapons they have defensively Lawson trying to get back. This is a team that and and I've said this before jokingly that the last couple of years the Jets have deprived the rest of us of our holiday of making fun of the Jets draft. They have nailed it uh, the last couple of years. Uh, they had two guys. The Offensive Rookie of the Year and the Defensive Rookie of the Year, plus the guy who was really going to win Offensive Rookie of the Year, got hurt before the Offensive Rookie of the Year won it. For your t- He had two Offensive Rookies of the Year playing for the Jets. Brees Hall will be coming back this year. Give us an idea of what his progress is, what the prognosis is for his return, and the rest of these draft picks that the Jets have just been you know, hitting on time and time again.
0: Yeah. Joe Douglas, uh, the general manager for the Jets has done a great job in the draft the last couple of years. Uh, you know, he and Robert Sala are really on the same page as far as the talent, the kind of people that they bring in. Uh, but when you look at uh, a guy like Brees Hall, you know, the running back, he he did a great job at the beginning of the year and he was on pace uh, to be the rookie of the year offensively. And then he leaves Garrett Wilson, becomes the rookie of the year uh, with an uh, unstable quarterback position. So uh, you know, you really have a lot to look forward to from those two guys. Uh, but also, you know, you saw Gardner on the other side, a guy who's a lockdown corner, who's very aggressive, who's been a great leader. Jermaine Johnson, the pass rusher who we just got them talking about. Uh, but, you know, and then you go to the offensive line. If Makai Beckton can stay healthy, he's going to be a mauler on and in the right side of that offensive line with Elijah Vera Tucker is going to be very dangerous for the for the New York Jets. So health is going to be a main concern for the Jets. And you know, right now they look they all look great on paper, but it's it's about going out there and executing, about playing and backing backing up what this hype is. Uh, but I believe they'll be prepared for it.
1: So how do you think early on they handle Brees Hall's workload, Eric? I mean, is it it's they're probably not going to give him you know 15, 20 carries. Mm-hmm. Do you anticipate they're going to kind of ease him in and and use Dalvin Cook as as the buffer there?
0: Yeah, I believe they will ease uh, Brees Hall in. You know, he, he's a guy who, you know, it's one, I always tell people this, it's one thing to be cleared by doctors uh, and to say that everything is okay and that, you know, your injury is healed. But it's another thing to go out there and plant, to to, to take on defenders, uh, to, to, you know, the running back position is very demanding. So I think they'll be smart to ease him in, and that's why having a guy like Dalvin Cook having a Michael Carter are such luxuries for this New York Jets team. They have the opportunity to ease him in uh, so they can, down the stretch, they can have a full slate of running backs and hopefully dominate the ground.
2: When they come out in their three wise, of course, you know, they've got, uh, you know, Alan Lazard, they've got uh, Miko Hardman, Garrett Wilson, of course. Is Miko Hardman the third guy in on a nickel set for them, the third wide receiver, and who who plays the slot?
0: Yeah, um, Nicole Hardman has uh, been going in there. Uh, he does a great job in the slot. He's shifty. He's a he's one of those joystick guys. He, he's right. a punt returner uh, type player who can run great routes, get open. Um, he and Alan Lazard have both been playing the slot, so they've been mixing things up. But uh, really, uh, Garrett Wilson is is the person that he's a, he's the straw that makes a drink. Uh, you know, he, he's a guy who they move around. They're going to try to get him the ball by any means necessary. Uh, he's a he's a very athletic. Uh, receiver who can go up and get the ball so there's a there's a plethora of weapons for Aaron Rodgers uh, and then you have to think about Tyler Conklin, who is a pass catching tight end who does a great job route running and is a good matchup against a lot of these linebackers and safeties uh, you know of course Buffalo you know you have the two of the best safeties in the league but Tyler Conklin does a good job of opening up the middle of the field
1: all right so we got this far without asking a direct question about Aaron Rodgers, we saw the long-winded quote, and it's all kumbaya in New York for Aaron, who couldn't be happier with where he's landed here, and practically feels like he's been liberated from Green Bay. Um, what is what is your anticipation out of the gate, based on what you've seen? You know, in training camp, I realize he and the starting unit only got seven snaps in the last preseason game against the Giants, mm-hmm. and then they yanked him because they had a touchdown drive. Say, said, look, looks good. Let's get him off the field. Let's not let him get hurt. Um, because the last two week ones for Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay have not gone well. I mean, they got blown out by the Saints 38-3 two years ago. They lost the next year as well in a down performance. I'm sure they're happy they saw some evidence that, You know what? It is tuned up. It's ready to go for the regular season with the seven snaps that they did have in the preseason finale. But but what's your anticipation? Because has it looked like a well-oiled machine in camp?
0: Uh, You know, at the beginning of camp, it was a little rough. You know, playing against that great defense of the Jets uh, is going to give you a lot of challenges. But I think, you know, playing against that defense has also made them a better unit. And so, uh, you know, yes, yes. There's been some problems. There's been some issues with the offensive line. They're starting to gel. They're starting to, 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 to I guess, combine uh, together with more reps. But that's going to be the, the important part, is if the offensive line can protect Aaron Rodgers, keep him clean. I think that the Jets have an opportunity to get off to a good start. Uh, the problem is they're playing against one of the best defense the league has seen in the last couple of years in, in the Buffalo Bills. You guys... Uh, do a great job. You don't give up a lot of big plays. You're very aggressive. You're stout against the run. Uh, so that's going to pose a lot of challenges for this Jets team. No, but I will say, with Aaron Rodgers being that quarterback, he is going to do a great job of managing uh, what they do. Uh, I think the ground game is going to be important for this Jets team, and it, they, they'll they go as far as the ground game goes.
2: And Yeah, you say, you talk about the offensive line. It seems to be a common problem around the NFL. If anybody gives up a sack in the preseason, everybody's throw other hands up saying the offensive line's gonna stink. Makai Becton's been an ongoing story there in New York. He seems to finally have gotten it together and moved up. It didn't start out that way in training camp the way I understand it. Now he is the right tackle and they're gonna move forward with him and, and they're feeling good about him.
0: Yeah, Makai is a guy who has struggled with his weight. You know, he, he's a large he's a very large man and he struggled keeping that weight down. And I think that's what's caused a, a lot of these injuries. So um, coming into this this training camp, he's been losing weight. He's been doing a good job of managing himself and, and working his way slowly into the lineup. And now that the Jets have, have stated that he is the starting right tackle, that gives him a lot of confidence. He's going to be next to Elijah Vera Tucker, who's getting you know those two young players. Hopefully they'll be playing together for a very long time. Uh, but Makai has come a long way. You know, He's lost a lot of weight. He's in shape. He's taking care of his body. And I think that will help him career-wise uh, if he can keep his weight down a little bit. Starting
1: safety, Eric, uh, let's get in your wheelhouse a little bit. Um, Chuck Clark, they made the trade. They were really excited to have his veteran presence on the back end, and then he has the season-ending injury. I think Tony Adams is the guy that's been penciled in on the depth chart to replace him um, to go with the veteran Jordan Whitehead, and I know they picked up Adrian Amos late in free agency. How has that position shaken out? in the absence of Clark and, and do they feel they have it at least in a place where they feel comfortable going out week one?
0: Yeah. I, I mean, Marco Emanuel has done a great job with these safeties uh, that the jets have. Um, Jordan Whitehead has been very consistent. He's a hard hitter. He's a tone setter uh, on the back end of that de- on that defense. Uh, but Tony Adams has had a fantastic training camp. He's a guy who coach Salah likes the organization loves. He comes to work. He's he plays with that, uh, you know, that free agent mentality where I could get cut at any moment. Uh, so he leaves everything out on the table. He, you know, he, he's the first guy in there studying. He's working hard on his craft after practice, before practice, and he does things the right way. So I think that you'll see a lot of Tony Adams, uh, whether he's a starter or not with Adrian Amos, they have some packages where they play both of them. Uh, so they have some three, three safety packages where you'll see all three of those safeties playing. But uh, you know, Tony Adams has definitely made a big name for himself and, and really created, uh, you know, a long career here in New York.
2: So you know, it's rare that a guy comes into the league and has the success Sauce Gardner did. But man, oh man, yeah, you know, he he seems like even after a year where he's all pros, a first year player it seems like the sky's the limit for him. What I'm going to ask you about is the other guy, DJ Reed. How good is he, and is he Because Sauce is so good, is DJ Reed a vulnerability? Because and he's going to get targeted.
0: Yeah, I mean, DJ Reed, I think, is the perfect complement for a soft gardener. Uh, he's a guy who does very well. He's, he's a technician as far as his footwork. Uh, doesn't give up a lot of deep balls. And, and he's a great complement knowing that he's going to get balls thrown at him. Right. You know, I, I think that he's had a, a fantastic offseason this year. Uh, you know, if he can stay healthy – With Sauce, I think this secondary is going to be uh, very hard to to throw on. You know, the defensive line creating pressure. Uh, DJ Reed has been a a top-tier defensive back, uh, top-tier cornerback in this league for the last couple of years. I think that if he continues to to ascend the way he has, along with Sauce, uh, he can cause a lot of problems for for offenses. Right.
1: So if there is – and I don't even want to call it a weakness because I think the Jets defense is pretty strong front to back. But if you had to try to pick at something and find something that you could use that would work, it's, it's attacking those linebackers in coverage. Um, They're probably the one thing that you could point to and say, well, maybe we could get something here uh, in the passing game. What has been your assessment of that group in coverage? Maybe not only last year, but kind of coming into this season, knowing that teams desperate to find something to attack on a very strong Jets defense might look there?
0: Yeah, you know, I think that they have grown tremendously. Uh, C.J. Mosley, you know, he came from Baltimore. Uh, you know, you, look, you think of C.J. Mosley, you think of a run stopper. Uh, but he's a very good athlete in the middle of that field and, and has done a good job. Uh, yes, it's tough to match up with these running backs and these tight ends in the NFL nowadays. Uh, they're all quick. They're just like wide receivers, you know, playing different positions. But uh, along with Quincy Williams, Quincy Williams is a, is a great athlete. I mean, that's why the Jets signed him to that long term contract. They saw the athleticism. They saw the intensity that he plays with. And Jamie and Sherwood is a fantastic athlete as well. So I think that these guys will maybe at the beginning of the year may struggle a little bit against some of these schemes uh, in the passing game. But overall, I think that they won't be as much of a liability as people may see.
2: Eric, man, thanks so much for spending some time with us. Have fun north of the border up there in Toronto. Appreciate it.
0: Thank you guys so
1: much. All right. That's Eric Coleman, former Jets safety and now current on-air host of The Better Half Hour, uh, right on the MSG Network. Comes on uh, sometimes right after our show is done for the day. So keep an eye out for Eric through the course of the season. Yeah, I'm kind of... You try to look for vulnerabilities on this Jets defense, and there aren't many. But I know that C.J. Mosley and even Quincy Williams can be had in coverage at times. And so, just thinking about it, I wouldn't be shocked if, if the Bills look right in the middle of the field in that underneath well, void and try to exploit it as much as they can to at least loosen up that defense yeah, and get
2: the ball out quick, too. let's it, the Bills struggled against the Jet defense last year. Yeah. They really did. They that It was a tough bunch to play against, and – for whatever reason, they matched up really well with the Bills' offense a year ago. Now the Bills' matchups have changed this year, with particularly with James Cook and Kincaid in the mix, uh, along with Shurfield out of Miami, and, and you know they've got some different options this year that that we'll see um, if they can exploit the Jet defense. Because man, it's a tough group to go against, and it's yeah. I I just think this is going to be a tremendous game, this Jet Bills game, and it's you know, two teams that have very high expectations and for good reason.
1: Let's go back to the phones where you got some people waiting patiently. Let's go to Todd in Amherst. What do you got for us, Todd?
4: Hi, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Um, Long-time listener, and I love your show. Um, I was wondering if you guys heard the Jets press conference yesterday where Robert Sala had stated that the Jets own the AFC East division. I found his comments rather comical, seeing that they haven't won the division in quite a few years. Um, But Uh, I was curious if you – I was curious if you guys think that this is something that the Bills players, including uh, Coach McDermott, would catch wind of? And if so, could this be used as extra motivation before the game? And my second question was, I was wondering for Steve, if you have any past experiences that you can recall from your football days that, uh, that you could share where an opponent said something in the media and it was shared with the team and served as extra motivation and i'll I'll hang up and listen to your response. Yeah, Thanks, it,
3: guys.
1: it is interesting, Todd, because the GM Joe Douglas also spoke yesterday, and he spoke very differently. He was saying, we've got a lot to prove, and it starts right away with the three time defending division champion Buffalo Bills. So he was he was very careful with his words, and Salah is going in the complete opposite direction. Um, yeah, that solid. is unquestionably bulletin
2: board material. Oh, you yeah, bet for sure. your bottom dollar for it sure. is. Sure. But Robert Sala wasn't talking to the fans or the media, he was talking to his own team. Yeah. You know, that's what he who he's talking The Problem to. is it shows up on hard knocks. Sure. It's it certainly does. Um yes, absolutely. And and I actually you said that, he asked that question. I thought, yeah, there was a ton of times when we had stuff up on and I can't remember any of them now. I uh, you you were very hesitant to say anything in the media because The one fuel that is like rocket fuel for any competitive sport is disrespect. If you catch anybody disrespecting your team or yourself personally or whatever, it is rocket fuel for that team. That's why teams are so hesitant to say anything derogatory about another team. So, yeah, anything you say is going to be put up there. Uh Um, And I'm telling you. (laughs) it is definitely fuel yeah so I didn't hear that I haven't heard about that what Robert Sala said but um, if there's any of that out there you can bet um, the head coach has got an open file on his computer and he's filing all away and he'll give it to the video people and they'll put a video up and they'll say "Hey, listen here's what they're saying about you Um, that's going to show up somewhere this week yeah because that's like a flamethrower on a on a bag of dry sticks right there it's yeah, you're lighting it on fire. Yeah. We have to take a break
1: here, but when we return, in the studio, laying out all the particulars you need to know for Wing Fest will be made by the Wing King himself, Drew Serzik. Joins us in studio next here on One Bills Live. Stay tuned. All right, it's that time of the year for the Buffalo Wing Festival back at Highmark Stadium over Labor Day weekend here with over 100 different styles of wings from 23 different eateries, local and from across the country, and even international, we're learning. And uh, here to tell us about that, along with the whole thing in totality, is the Wing King, Drew Serza, joining us in studio. Good to have you, Drew. Hey, Good thanks to see for you having again. you guys.
5: Same here. Same here. Uh,
1: so not just local eateries, We've gone international, huh? Yeah. You got a guy
5: from Iceland, you said? Iceland. The guy grew up in Erie, Pennsylvania, played uh, college basketball at Mercyhurst, then he got a pro contract in Iceland, was there for 10 years, and he used to make wings for his teammates in his uh, apartment. They said, you should open up your own joint. So when he retired, he opened up a place right right in Reykjavik, you know, and uh, he's got two, two places. And now. he's going to be here.
2: Going to be here, yeah, We're, with all different flavors. And we talked also about, you know, how important the weather is. It's going to be a spectacular day tomorrow. Uh, and how many people are you expecting?
5: You know, last year we had about 22,000. 22,000? 22, yeah, over oh, wow. you know, two days. And <laughs> we're really going to hit the sweet spot this year with weather, which sometimes it's a hit or miss when you do an outdoor right. event, but it's looking sweet. And, and the beauty of the Bill Stadium at Highmark is you've got different areas. You can go inside the air-conditioned Pepsi suite. You can go on the field and run sprints with your kids. You're going to hang up on top in Restaurant Row. So there's mm-hmm. a lot of different areas really to, to, to play.
1: And as usual, there are going to be contests, (laughs) uh, something for the whole family, really, but Maybe lay out some of the contests we have, because you do have a couple of new ones, right, Drew?
5: Yeah, that's a beauty you're looking at right yeah, there, bobbing a, for Waynes. It's uh, poetry in motion with blue they, they're, cheese. Um,
2: they're wait, they're bobbing for wings yeah, in, for a our kid, radio listeners, in a yeah. kid's pool full of blue cheese. Yeah, and dresses. I got a deal on the pools for nine ninety nine on the <laughs> closeout. a closeout. Um,
5: it's that great. That and is unbelievable. Steve, we have people from all over the country that try to enter this thing, mm-hmm. and they do it all for the free T-shirt, let's face sure, it. Sure. You win a free T-shirt, but – It's all different types of stuff. We had Joey Cheston in town with Mickey Sudo and Badlands Booker, and they're you know they're going to you know eat 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 uh, Buffalo Buffet Bowl on Saturday night, and then the U.S. Chicken Wing Championship on at five o'clock on Sunday. Uh, Mickey Sudo beat Joey last year. He ate uh, or she ate two hundred forty-six chicken wings in twelve minutes. Beat Joey by ten. So Joey's there he is. He's out for revenge.
1: Wow, Wow, he's got to take the title back. Oh, Oh, that's
2: amazing. That's
1: um i think i think one thing for people that have kids that's worth noting kids under eight get in for free right drew yes sir so that's a bonus
5: um free parking
1: free parking as well tickets are going to be sold at the gate. So if you don't have a ticket right now you can still get them at the gate yes
5: 20 dollars at the gate
1: okay so that so those are options for you because as we said the weather is going to be fantastic so if you're you make your plans late it's still no problem you can get in pretty easily with tickets uh, at the gate for $20. And as Drew said, parking is free. So what is maybe one of the new things – that you didn't have last year? Because I know you're always adding every year to try to make it different so people come back.
5: Yeah, yeah. You know, um, different style wings. I recommend that people go to the website at wing.com and all the restaurants and their sauces are listed up there. And oh, I always okay. say it's a marathon, not a sprint, so plot your strategy. Um, there's so many different contests during the day each day. Uh, the Hot Ones contest on Saturday night is going to oh, be boy. fun. You could double up. You get the Buffalo Buffet Bowl with the competitive eaters and the Hot Ones contest, and bobbing for wins is right before it. So it's like a trifecta, um, and, and there's live music. There's three different music stages, and Cami, uh, Cami from The Voice will be on the main stage oh, yeah, on the yeah, field yeah. at one o'clock right. and three thirty
2: on Saturday. So there's something going on everywhere. This is one of, and this is one of the top. Well, it is maybe the top wing festival in the country, and there are others around the country and, and, and that have emulated you. And now you've got your this year maybe put you over a million people in total who have been here. Um, It's become an institution very quickly, hasn't it? It really has.
5: And, you know, we've raised over $440,000 for local charities, which is pretty cool, too. And what this has become is become the Super Bowl for chicken, the chicken wing industry on Labor Day weekend. There was never a a center point for chicken wings, you know, and and we created that. And when I invite restaurants or they want to come, I have a strong interview process on the phone, and i got to feel passion from inside. I don't want to see a menu where it's an appetizer, chicken wings. I want right. to see their main play. And that's right. what you see here. Owners, chefs that have passion, that have creativity, that really care like the restaurants in Buffalo. So you do.
2: don't let restaurants who come in and say, listen, let's try and let's start to see if we can get a, a recipe together and go up and see what, yeah. There's yeah of or, or, or I, you op- have to have your I opened game. up
5: last these year are wing and I need joints. These are real wing joints. These yeah. are down and dirty bar bills.
1: All right, so talk to me about maybe how – Far outside the normal wing spectrum that you've seen some of these restaurants get. Because we know that part of the aim here, if you're a restaurant coming to this, is to be as unique as you can be because everything under the sun has seemingly been done. So if you can find a new avenue to pursue in terms of a flavor, you want to do it and you want to do it here.
5: Sriracha has become a big ingredient on in okay. a lot of the flavors. Right. Another thing is maple and bacon. Oh, the now you're talking my heat. language. So there's, that's become a big trend. One of my favorites is uh, the blackberry brandy barbecue. Ooh. And then you can get crazy and maybe a little bit stupid with a fluffernutter peanut butter cinnamon crunch. That sounds like um,
1: something my wife would it like. It
5: wasn't terrible. It was different. Um, <laughs> Very different. So there's some terrible. really wild ones out there you might say, oh, let me try that. That's the beauty. Right. You can try one of these or one of those. It's not like you get 10
2: and then you're yeah, stuck. Yeah, you, you don't have to order 20 wings and then, you know. Yeah, f- hope. Right. Hope, hope the best. They, hope they're okay Yeah, with that. yeah. That's awesome. I like that. Yeah. Well, give us, what times it start and what? Yeah, yeah. Give uh, us the whole schedule.
5: You got it. Uh, and I wish I had wings for you guys today because I got to tell you, my phone blew up yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, right, right. Saying you, I, I said, oh, that's too much work. We're I don't never, know but If I go like this, you never know what can happen, guys. Never you never know what come. can happen. What the in the world? Here it comes. Look
2: at this. You brought us wings. Well, my
5: phone blew up yesterday. It said, sirza if you go in there to see the guys, you better deliver. Look at that, So this What are we is, looking at here? These are Josh Allen's favorite wings. They're called Spicy Blues. Spicy Blues. It's a real unique, thick buffalo sauce with crumbly blue. I mean, that's yeah. We don't have to go bobbin in blue
2: cheese here. No, that's
5: the play, and um, even brought to napkins, but you would like those wings. But this weekend, wait, those are hot. Oh no, they're medium. They're more of a medium hot. I just got a
2: little of the sauce on. Yeah, you felt the heat already. Flavor. Where Um, is where is your
1: heat scale? Can you tolerate pretty hot, Steve? Yeah, I can tolerate. I I, you know like where on the scale
2: do you kind of cut it off? Oh, probably between eight and nine, probably. Oh, you can get yeah. that really? high. Okay. High, I can probably I'm do. probably like a seven. See, there's eight. some of these you yeah. go and you can't. Because I like heat. They're almost inedible. I don't need you, my eyelids yeah. sweating. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. If you're not yeah. sweating, it ain't hot, you know? Well, that's right. But
1: I don't have enough. I don't have any hair on top of right. the head, so I beat up pretty right. quickly. If
2: you, yeah, if you're not sweating, it's not enough. Yeah, I, I if I'm
1: no going to go eight, nine on the heat, I better bring a towel. I need like a John, yeah, I need like right. a John Thompson well, towel. Well, that's right. That's what you got to have. <laughs> yeah. That's part of the yeah. – What about you, Drew? Where are you on the heat scale, like you know, yourself, personally? First,
5: first, I don't sweat. I sweat that's first from the top. Yep. You know, right. you know what? I, I, I went to a place the other day, and I got their death wings, and I did it as kind of a little social media prank, and I did two of them. And I was hurting, but there was some flavor. But I say to enjoy a seven.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't seven. want to I don't enjoy want hot right. for the sake of killing every yeah. other part of the experience. Right. Because you want right. to actually taste the flavor too. Right. You don't want to be overcome by the heat. Like you want to know it's there, but yeah. you don't want it to kill the flavor of yeah, the weight. whatever a flavor yeah. you're sample. Enjoying exactly.
2: it and enduring it. You know, and yeah. Well Certainly then, if you want to yeah. endure it and you want to make it have a contest, it'll go as hot as you want. But if you want to have fun, yeah. you know, you gotta have
5: well you then you if you over to enjoy it. If you overcommit to the scovels and you're with people then you can't, you got to keep eating like you're enjoying them and you're dying inside and you're crying, <laughs> right? you're sweating. They know and you're pride. like trying to get through it. <laughs> Wing pride, Wing right? pride, yeah, exactly, right. exactly. Yeah, exactly. All right, so socially... it's
1: Saturday, it's Sunday, hours again?
5: Yeah, gates open at noon, go to 9 o'clock on Saturday and 12 to 7 on Sunday. Again, buffalowing.com's got that festival guide in yeah. a digital form. You can check it all out. And I would say this too, I have a lot of friends that say, oh geez, yeah, I haven't been to Wingfest in years. Well, guess what? The Wingfest is totally different than it was. It is comfortable. You can move around. Again, you're at the Bills Stadium. Um, it's just it's something to check out if yeah. you haven't been there in a while. And you have and as you said at the top, if
1: it's warm, that's not a problem. Not only are you gonna have beverages flowing from all the breweries that are gonna be on hand, yeah. but there's also air conditioned places to kind of Cool off for a second before you come back out. Exactly,
5: exactly. And that VIP ticket is $75. You get admission, you get wing tickets, you get four hours of craft beer tasting, and it's a fundraiser for Hope Rises for pediatric cancer and ECMC. So, again, raising money, but combining craft beer, chicken wings, and the Buffalo Bills.
2: No, there you go.
1: Sounds good to me. Pretty easy math equation. Uh, Drew, (laughs) thanks for stopping in. As always, we appreciate it. This is the Wing King, Drew Sturza. He's got his event going on here at Highmark Stadium Saturday 12 to 9 yep Sunday 12 12 to 7 7. Uh, get yourself out here like we said if you don't have a ticket yet that's okay you can pick them up at the gate 20 bucks to get in kids eight and under are free to attend it's 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 a bucket list thing as far as I'm concerned if you haven't done it you have to do it especially if you're from western New York for gosh right
2: all you local people need to stop by if you can appreciate and it drew good luck with once. it this year
1: thanks guys well, enjoy thanks, enjoy drew. the wings yes we will, we will. <laughs> thanks for bringing them by because i'm gonna eat a few here during the break we take a break here steve and i to close things up on a friday on labor day weekend it's one bills live presented by collider health it's buffalo bills radio
3: all
1: right back here on one bills live one segment ago chris brown steve tasker with you on a friday before labor day weekend everybody have a good weekend. Uh, as we say goodbye to summer and hello to football season. Uh, little fan mailbag stuff. And thanks again to Wing King Drew Serza for bringing some wings over here. We just mentioned it in passing yesterday. We didn't mean to blow up his right, phone. He was, I was, he's like, He's like, oh, okay. We weren't trying to be nefarious or anything. Didn't try to be. Um, yeah. But thanks, for, thanks to Drew for bringing those by. Those taste fantastic. It's from Josh Allen's buddy's place in Laramie. Those are great. Uh, so check those out if you're going to Wingfest. But Rick on the fan mailbag says first, congrats to Jess Pagula on a round two win last night at the U.S. Open. How cool would it be if she won the Open in New York City right before the Bills crushed the Jets there? Question: mm. How soon until Christian Kirksey is named our starting middle linebacker? Has to be Beans' plan, right? I don't think so. I, I think it's his insurance plan, as we said yesterday, Steve.
2: Yeah, I think so. I listen if he. He's on the team and on the practice squad for a reason, and we'll see how he plays. He's got a lot of experience. Certainly he's not going to go in there and fall over. Uh, he's going to bring something to the table. If he can play better than what they think their options are on the field right now, he will. If he doesn't, he won't. So take it from that. And yeah, that's what this whole culture has – we have come to know. Um, if a guy's good enough, he's going to get on the field, no matter what he's making, no matter where he was drafted, no matter how he was signed.
1: I think they're hopeful – that Bernard and or Dodson take the reins and lock down the starting role. And I think they're going to get first crack at this thing. But if those guys are not showing up and showing out, they have a veteran they can turn to that's now, right. and that's what Kirksey is. That's right. Jimmy asks, when the Bills come out and demolish the Jets week one, how do you expect the national media to run with it? One, never gave the Bills the respect they deserve. Class of the East and the AFC, Jets aren't at that level. Or two, Jets
2: stunk, weren't ready for week one, and Bills got lucky. Uh, I think it'll be whatever the game looks like it is. they uh, is. They're gonna. If the Bills go out and, and wallop them, then it will be maybe more like number two. If the Bills – Get walloped, it'll be nothing but, like, rocket ship oh, to the Super Bowl. Times the Jets 10 times what 10. you already saw. But also, I think if it's a really good game, I think both those, which is what I think it's going to be, I think it'll be it'll be a close, hard-fought game. Great players are going to show up, and it'll come down to somebody making a great play or somebody making a big mistake or something like that. I think everything's going to be over-amplified after a game like that. Yeah. Uh, but I think both these teams, no matter what happens in this game, whether one team blows the other out or vice versa, that one team blows the second team out, it's it's gonna get overblown as to the significance of it. Both yeah. these teams, despite what happens on Monday night opening game, they're gonna be at the in the playoffs at the end of the year. I really believe that. Both these teams are gonna be there and we're going to have to ride it out and see who who's what.
1: I think it's going to be a close game. I do, but too. But there
2: is going to be week one overreaction for sure. We're
1: off on Monday, Labor Day. We'll catch up with you on Tuesday for week one. We'll see you at tw- 1 o'clock.